want to welcome you to the second annual Meet the DBI Pro Summit. Uh, today's topic is coming soon to San Francisco, a new Transbay transportation hub and mixed-use towers. As you know, maybe you already read so much about these projects in the newspaper. This project actually will compose a new transit center serving eight transportation system under one roof, including Caltrain, Muni, AC Transit, Samtrain, Golden Gate Transit, Greyhound, and the future California high-speed rail from Los Angeles, in addition to walking distance to the bar. The new transit center will also feature retail, conference, and culture space and will be adjacent to a landmark transit tower. Additionally, the project will create a new transit-friendly neighborhood surrounding the transit center south of Market Street with thousands of new homes. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are honored to have two distinguished uh, speakers present their experience and their involvement with these projects. Uh, on my Right side is Mr. Robert Beck. Mr. Robert Beck is the senior program manager of the Transbay Joint Power Authority. We call it TJPA. A licensed mechanical and civil engineer, Mr. Beck has over 20 years of uh, project development experience, have been working in mega projects in this scale of the, uh, the projects. Uh, he will be our first speaker. Uh, Mr. David Allenbar is the senior urban designer for the San Francisco Planning Department and the manager of the department, department's city design group. Mr. Allenbar has over 25 years of experience in the design of urban place. Today, we want to welcome both of the speakers. Uh, we, they will give a presentation and then hopefully we have some time for question and answer. When you do question and answer, please come to the mic so everybody can, can hear your questions and hopefully uh, we can provide good uh, explanations. When you finish with our presentation, take a look at all the posters. It will give you a sense of the magnitude of the projects. It will be one of the largest projects in the coming years. So ladies and gentlemen, May I present to you Mr. Robert Beck? Thank you. Thank you, Henson. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to be here today to talk to you about the Transbay Terminal and uh, the, the program that surrounds it. Um, I'm going to go through a little bit of the history of the existing Transbay Terminal, talk about our program and all of the elements that comprise it with a focus on the transit center, uh, our phasing plan of how it's, we're going to implement the project, and then go through uh, the process that you've heard about a little bit in the, new, in the media on the selection process for our designer, and then go into detail on the transit center uh, organization and design. The uh, existing Transbay terminal was built in conjunction with the Bay Bridge. Uh, the originally the Bay Bridge had rail on the lower deck and that those trains came off of the lower deck and into the Transbay Terminal. So 
In its beginning, the Transbay Terminal was a rail facility. You can see the Market Street Railway here, uh, as well as Muni Bus Service out at the street side. Inside, it was served by uh, East Bay trains, a key system um, and electric trains serving the East Bay and Sacramento. At its peak in the, in the late 40s, there were 26 million passengers a year coming through the Transbay Terminal um, from, from the East Bay. And then in the 50s, the uh, Transbay Terminal was converted to a bus station um, when the rail was taken off of the lower deck. So this shows the location of the Transbay Terminal uh, just south of Market Street and its relationship to the Bay Bridge, slightly closer perspective. Uh, it's on Mission Street between First and Fremont is the main entrance to the terminal. And as I said, it's, it's been a bus-only facility since the mid-50s. Um, and uh, its predominant tenant is AC Transit, as well as Greyhound. Uh, and on the ground level, we serve Sam Trans, Muni, and Golden Gate Transit. The uh, terminal is still accessed by the original ramps that carried the rail traffic into the terminal and the buses are accessed that, uh, the terminal that way, keeps them off of city streets and uh, allows uh, a quick turnaround time for the transit function. Um, some of the vacant space that you see around the ramps uh, is where the old Embarcadero Freeway used to come through. And since that freeway has come down, those properties have remained unimproved. So the, there's a general uh, need for improvement in the area. And as well as the terminal itself has a number of uh, operational and seismic issues that need to be addressed. So this program was undertaken to, to replace the facility and address many of those issues. So the program in total is first and foremost uh, intermodal bus and rail station. Um, to make it a, a rail station, we'll be extending Caltrain from its existing terminus at 4th and Townsend underground uh, to, the, to the station location. And that is also the, uh, the access that will be anticipated to be used by high-speed rail. And then those 480 parcels that I mentioned, the old Embarcadero Freeway, are going to be developed for a new neighborhood. And I'll speak very briefly on that. So our facility serves, as this illustrates, a uh, number of transit agencies from the East Bay, North Bay, Peninsula, as well as San Francisco. And we're working in partnership with all of these organizations uh, to develop this program, define its operational characteristics, and provide for the transit future of the Bay Area. So the connectivity that the facility is going to provide, this shows the existing Fremont off-ramp of the, of the, from the Bay Bridge. We're going to be bringing in AC Transit and Greyhound directly from the Bay Bridge to the facility, um, bringing rail in for both uh, Caltrain and eventually high-speed rail. We'll be tying in with Muni's existing network, uh, the 38 Geary, uh, Muni's most pop, heavily used route uh, terminates at Transbay, as well as many other lines um, connecting to the rest of the city. We're evaluating a connection to BART and Muni, which is one block north on Market Street, as well as Sam Trans lines terminate here and Golden Gate Transit. Again, just a list of the organizations that uh, we'll be connecting to. 
with eventually high-speed rail, and as I've said, we're evaluating an underground connection to BART and Muni Metro. This shows graphically the overall uh, footprint of the program. We have the existing, the new terminal being constructed uh, in this area. This runs very basically from Beale almost to Second Street, and is between the alleyways of Minna and Natoma, uh, just south of Mission Street. To facilitate that construction, we're going to be building a temporary terminal that I'll talk about briefly between Beale and Maine. And then the other major component is the extension of the rail right-of-way, and I'll talk a little bit about that, as well as we're developing a few ancillary projects, some bus storage facilities beneath the freeway for uh, AC Transit and Golden Gate Transit so that they don't uh, have to run deadhead routes back to the East Bay to their storage facilities in the middle of the day. And then some improvements at the existing location of the 4th and Townsend uh, or 4th and King Yard, including an underground station for the, for the line as it moves down to our station. Mention that there's also a, a neighborhood that's going to be developed in conjunction with our project. This shows uh, the streetscape and plan being that has been adopted by the San Francisco Redevelopment Agency to develop housing on these parcels, which were the former 480, par 480 Embarcadero Freeway parcels. Um, that land has been transferred uh, by the state to the, to the city and to the TJPA, uh, along with the property that the terminal exists, currently sits on. And the, uh, the, the sale or development of that property in conjunction with the tax increment uh, from the redevelopment is part of the funding plan to help fund the uh, reconstruction of the center. But this will be 3,400 new housing units, 35% uh, of which will be affordable. So I want to talk a little bit about our phasing plan, how we're going to implement this and make it happen. We've adopted a two-phase plan, uh, which because we're not a fully funded project right now, we have a first phase that we can move forward with while we continue to uh, secure the full funding for the second phase, and that will allow us to mitigate some of the escalation costs. So the first phase is the elevated uh, bus facility um, and some ancillary projects, and the second phase will be the, the extension of the Caltrain and the build-out of the rail station within the transit center. A temporary terminal, as I mentioned, is our project that we need to do in order to take down the existing terminal and construct uh, the new one. We're already under design on that project, uh, and we expect to go out to construction next fall and have that operation by the fall of 2009. And we anticipate that that will be in operation for five years while we build the new facility. And we should shut it down in 2014 in which case that terminal location will be part of the property turned over to the redevelopment agency for uh, housing. This shows the location of the temporary terminal a little bit closer. Again, it's between Folsom and Howard, between Maine and Beale. This kind of shows the layout, and you can pretty easily see how it starts to be a very congested operation. Um, at the southern end of the station at, at, at Folsom Street is going to be the Greyhound operating facility. Interior to, to the block, um, this is primarily going to be AC transit. Uh, buses will come in off of Beale and circulate around. 
both clockwise and counterclockwise using the uh, exterior island and the interior island. Uh, and then they'll exit back out here onto Folsom, go down to Essex and get back on the freeway. Uh, we'll have Muni operating on the streets out here. We'll be constructing new bus islands on Veal, on Main, and on Howard Street. And Golden Gate Transit and Sam Trans will also be operating on Main Street. So it's, it's the full city block and also heavily impacts these two streets. Um, so it, it's going to be a, a facility that will operate temporarily, but it's uh, one that we want to move back into the new facility as soon as we possibly can. This shows, again, just a, a three-dimensional perspective of, of our concept as it's currently developed. Uh, the buses will enter here, circulate around, stopping at their assigned spots or circulating around the inner island and then exiting out to Folsom Street. That will allow us to take down the existing terminal and ramps. And when we build back the new terminal, we're going to be building back just a single access, point of access and not a loop as currently exists which again is going to free up a lot of this ramp space uh, to complement the housing development. So our first phase, we're going to build a foundation system that will eventually support the entire facility. We're going to put in uh, slurry walls at the sides and caissons, which will support a ground slab, and then we can build the bus facility up and move it into operation. Then in our second phase, we'll be coming in and building out the rail station uh, below that. In conjunction with building out the rail station, we'll be building the downtown extension uh, to access the facility. And again, the purpose of the downtown extension is for immediate use of uh, Caltrain. Um, they're going to be electrifying their system, so this will be an electric train operation coming into the terminal. Uh, which makes it much easier for us to design and construct it because we don't have to worry about having diesel equipment inside of the tunnel. Um, and it's the future terminus uh, for high-speed rail in San Francisco. And there is also, uh, we need to design the tunnels and the elevation of the structure such that we can accommodate a potential high, uh, future extension to the East Bay. This shows a little bit more of the construction of the downtown extension. We're going to have surface improvements at the existing uh, station location. And then we're going to be operating under Townsend Street in a cut and cover um, operation where we'll be doing direct excavation to construct the tunnel. And then from uh, just west of or just east of 3rd Street up to just north of uh, Folsom Street, we're going to be constructing through a, a mined tunnel. And then the last portion into the station will again be a, a direct excavation. Um, the cut and cover, we'll be excavating down, reconstruct uh, a temporary bridge structure over our excavation to put roadways back in service. But there's going to be some disruption on uh, Townsend Street and on uh, 2nd and Howard location. Again, the, uh, our global schedule showing the major milestone to put the temporary terminal into operation in fall of 2009. Uh, open the new terminal in uh, January of 2014 and initiate rail operations in 2018. So I want to talk a little bit about the design and development competition. This is what got so much coverage in the uh, newspaper, and there was a lot of focus on the tower, um, but the purpose of the program for us was twofold. Uh, first and foremost, we were selecting a designer for the transit center. 
And secondarily to that is we're going to be doing a development proposal uh, for the parcel immediately north of the transit center at the corner of First and Fremont, I mean First and Mission, uh, for a development opportunity, revenue from which will help fund uh, our program. And we wanted to do a joint program because we wanted to have a coordinated uh, design of the two facilities and because we want to have a, a front entry to the transit center that reaches out to Mission Street and that it's not just behind that development on, on an ministry. So this shows, again, the, the tower site that was proposed. Um, this is ministry, and this is the transit center location. We had a, a very distinguished jury uh, that assisted us in evaluating these proposals, uh, including architect, transportation, structural engineering professionals uh, from across the country. And uh, the director of planning for San Francisco uh, participated in the jury process as a non-voting member. On uh, September 20th of this year, our board uh, gave authorization to the TJPA to initiate negotiations with uh, Pelly Clark Pelly Architects uh, to design the transit center and to enter into a separate disposition and development agreement with Heinz Corporation to develop the tower. And so we're in the process of those two negotiations right now. This is the proposal from uh, Heinz and Pelly for the transit center and the tower and a little bit closer view of their proposal for the transit center design. So I want to talk a little bit about the organization of the transit center. We'll have five levels in the transit center, a rail, rail mezzanine, a ground level, which has a lot of functions on it, concourse level, and then finally the bus operations. So the plane train platform level is, is really constrained by the, the rail geometry and by the need for vertical circulation uh, exiting requirements from the, from the train platform. Uh, so there's very limited uh, flexibility in what we do at that level. Um, but this was a, an early concept of what, what it may look like. Um, on the, the train mezzanine level, we have some immediate functions and some future functions. Uh, the immediate functions for rail operations will be the Caltrain circulation and waiting mezzanine, um, but we'll also be providing accommodations for a waiting area for high-speed rail and eventually uh, potential space for moving some additional bus operations below grade. Uh, during the initial phase, Greyhound will be on the, on the elevated deck um, but this provides us an opportunity for, for additional expansion as transit demand grows during the life of the facility. I mentioned the connector to Muni Metro and BART. Uh, again, this is the uh, existing Fremont and First Street location of the, of the uh, front door of the transit center. And our EIR evaluated a connection along Fremont Street to the Embarcadero. We're, uh, going to engage in an environmental supplement to take a look at possible alternative alignments to that, connecting to both the Embarcadero or the Montgomery Station, uh, depending on which one offers the, the, the greatest operational benefits. Uh, each of the stations uh, have their own constraints from a capacity perspective, so we're looking at how we can best connect to those systems. And again, a concept, early concept of what the train mezzanine level may look like. 
Going to the proposal that's been submitted by uh, Pelly Hines, um, this shows the, the layout again, running from Beale Street almost to 2nd Street. Um, Natoma is going to be an area of focus, as well as this access here to Mission Street. This shows, again, kind of some of those areas of, of focus. The portion here between Fremont and Beale Street is where the surface route buses are going to operate. Golden Gate Transit, Sam Trans, uh, and Muni will be coming down Beale Street and circulate through this bus plaza and exit northbound onto Fremont Street. Um, the Mission Street entry, as I mentioned, uh, a Natoma at entrance for paratransit and uh, taxi service to give direct access to the, to the main concourse. And then two other areas of focus in, in the proposal and in our, our operating strategy are going to be the connection here back to Mission Street along Shaw Alley and uh, development of a retail location on Natoma. Again, just a closer look of the, uh, the bus operations at the, at the east end. This is the concept that was presented by Pelly for the treatment of what they've called Mission Square. Uh, this would be the main entrance into the Transbay Terminal. There's, uh, this is, would be their tower uh, here, um, but it gives an, an open uh, approach to the transit center to, <coughs> from Mission Street. Again, looking at the, the floor plan, that would be bringing people in here to this main entrance and then entering into this space, which you'll see on the next slide, which is the main concourse of the transit center with uh, access both up to uh, bus operations and the park that I'll talk about a little bit, as well as access downwards to train operations. Uh, this is the, the concept or the vision for Natoma Street and Shaw Alley. Um, a retail focus, uh, a neighborhood pedestrian area that uh, hopefully will, will tie into both to the neighborhood to the south, but also the ex existing uh, uh, operations in, in the neighborhood. The concourse level is viewed primarily as a, a vertical or a horizontal circulation axis through the facility, um, but we're also going to have significant space in there for support operations for the transit operators and for TJPA as well as some additional retail and some flexible programming space that still we're developing, uh, whether we're going to have community rooms or other potential operations on that level. And then the top level, as I mentioned, is uh, 30 bus bays. This will be 26 bus bays, 26 articulated and four coach, so there's large capacity here. Uh, current estimation is that Greyhound will be operating between five and 10 bus bays, depending on the time of day with the balance being shared by Westcat and AC Transit. Oh, and, and the Muni line that serves Treasure Island. And this again is the, the architect's vision for that bus level with the buses circulating around uh, the perimeter here, uh, picking up passengers and heading back to the bus ramp. Which then brings us, shows us the organization here, uh, rail at the bottom level, the train mezzanine, the grand concourse grade level, uh, horizontal circulation here at the concourse and then bus operations and then the uh, the portion of the project that was not required by the TJPA but has been proposed by the architect and development team which is the establishment of the park at the roof. I'll talk a little bit about that, what the uh, team is calling City Park. Uh, it's a 5.4 acre park that extends the entire length of the facility. 
um, including uh, a variety of ecological features, um, some rec water reclamation features, and a, a large amount of open and recreational space. Again, some of the, the uh, ecological features, water features, um, a, a wetland water reclamation space, and some of the other elements that are being proposed by the architect. And then the Transit Center building design overall, uh, we wanted to talk on some of the things that we're focusing. One is operational requirements. This really needs to work for passengers, for riders, for transit operators. We need to be able to facilitate the phasing of the construction as I described. Um, but we also are very concerned about safety and security of this facility. We want it to be a lifeline uh, to the city and to the region. Um, and we recognize that in today's world there are a number of threats that uh, beyond earthquake that we're going to need to consider in, in designing the facility. And we do want to incorporate sustainable design opportunities as much as possible. As I mentioned, this will be an essential facility. We're going to design it for the maximum credible, to withstand maximum credible earthquake forces, as well as a number of uh, security, uh, potential security threats. And these are some of the codes that we'll be working under. We'll be working under the International Building Code, NFPA uh, 130, which governs rail facilities. And uh, we'll be doing a number of uh, threat and vulnerability assessments to ensure that we're addressing um, all of those types of potential problems. We're going to be designing at a minimum to lead silver. Our initial conversations with uh, the designer I think we're, we're very optimistic that we're going to be able to re reach beyond lead silver and potentially even to lead platinum. Um, we'll be looking at all sorts of features. You can see with the, the amount of vegetation, the large open facility, um, we have a number of ventilation and, and uh, other opportunities for, for changing some, achieving some sustainability um, objectives. This shows some of the items that the uh, designer is proposing uh, to, to deal with water, with, including a gray water reclamation system, as well as I mentioned a, a, a wetland, riparian wetland up on the roof that could help uh, filter water as it flows the length of the transit center. This highlights some of the uh, in energy systems that are being proposed. Um, they're proposing a carbon recapture on the diesel fumes from the uh, bus operating deck, um, something we're very interested in talking with them further on. Uh, they're proposing a geothermal pile system beneath the rail station that will help uh, provide cooling both to our station and potentially uh, to the tower. So there may be some opportunities for uh, uh, a symbiotic relationship there as well. Again, this shows Primarily natural ventilation, uh, there are going to be light wells extending all the way through the station, bringing light all the way down to the rail platform from the park level. And those same open spaces are going to provide for nat natural ventilation through the facility. And they're proposing radiant heating and cooling uh, from the slabs we'll be looking at. Again, this just shows some of the, the items that they're proposing. Uh, the geothermal piles below primarily a naturally ventilated facility uh, with lots of natural light and uh, a number of uh, opportunities with the green space on the roof. So just wanted to show you a quick video of the, the concept as it's currently proposed and envisioned.
coming in from the Bay Bridge. You can see the transit center. And this will be a 5.4 acre park. Combination of green spaces, water features, some, uh, some retail just to support the park functions, as well as playgrounds. Um, we'll be doing extensive studies on how to program this space to, to maximize its uh, benefit to, the, to the, the community, both the commercial community and the residential community that, that surround the station. looking down on the approach from Mission Street to both the park and the center. This is the uh, Natoma retail space. So that's going to be, we're looking at, uh, to the extent possible, converting that Natoma alleyway to a pedestrian mall. There are some driveways that we'll have to accommodate. This is coming down Mission Street eastbound towards the Embarcadero and your approach to the transit center. Entering into the transit center from Mission Street. This enters into the Grand Concourse area that I described before. And there will be escalators that you can ride up to the uh, bus operations level for AC Transit and the East Bay buses, Greyhound. So again, just to leave you with a shot of the, the center, and I'll turn it over to David Allenbaugh, who's going to talk about the work that planning is doing uh, in this region as well. Uh, what a magnificent soul, right? Uh, really, it, uh, the artist's rendering of the, 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 the motion picture is really so us our future. Uh, projects is really in, a, in such a scale that uh, probably one is, it will be one of the largest projects at the beginning of this century. To make this project really uh, uh, possible, uh, city planning have contributed 
a lot of effort to make sure our neighborhoods uh, uh, design issues or resolve and working together with the TJPA, we will come up with uh, such a, a neighborhood uh, uh, warm projects. And today we are also fortunate to have uh, Mr. David Ellerbaum from our city planning share his experience and involvement with these projects. So ladies and gentlemen, I want to present to you Mr. David Ellerbaum. Thank you. Nobody told me that Bob was going to show all these cool videos. I should have. <laughs> I knew I should have gone first. I won't be having graphics like that. But uh, good afternoon, everybody. I'm David Allenbaugh with the planning department, uh, as was said earlier. I want to just kind of walk you through what the planning department is doing in response to the to the wonderful work that you've seen uh, so far today, and to say also how excited we are about what we see as the next. Uh, the sort of future growth of the next downtown. Oh, you had one more slide there, Bob. I'm going backwards. Okay. We both have the same toy, but it works different. So. <laughs> so I think it's no surprise to any of us that the San Francisco skyline has always been evolving, and it's evolved greatly over its its uh, history. On the slide uh, up here are four key times in the city's history. Uh, and showing you viewpoints of the skyline from a, a, a essentially a similar location. He's doing that on purpose so that. <laughs> so anyway, let's start here. So the, the, the top one is 1915, which is about nine years, as you recall, nine years after the first big earthquake, about as far as we are now from the Loma Prieta earthquake in time, uh, showing you the, the, what the city looked like at that time. And then in uh, 1958, the second one, uh, I think it's often everybody's sort of favorite image of the city of San Francisco. And when you talk to old timers, they sort of talk about the time when the city was like that. 1972, which is the third uh, slide on the screen, was the time that the city did an urban design element, the urban design plan to begin to be show its concern about how the city was developing. And then the last slide is at about the start of the 1985 downtown plan, which I'll talk just a little bit about. And you can see that much of the skyline as we know it today was beginning to form at that point. There are some guiding principles for how the downtown of San Francisco is to evolve. And, uh, you know, it's a very purposeful and a very thoughtful idea of how it should change. And some of the guiding principles that, the, the principles that guide it are the urban design element that I talked about from 1971 and the 1985 downtown plan. And uh, this, this image on the right of the screen there shows the initial idea for the downtown and that San Francisco at the time it was beginning to realize that it was going to grow into an office district had some concerns about what it should become. The downtown plan of 1985 really took the ideas of the urban design element and extended them and it had a couple of really big ideas. What's shown on the screen here with, with the orange outline is the basic financial district of the city as it was envisioned in the downtown plan. but. It had, the ideas that it had was that the downtown ought to be very compact, that you ought to be able to walk across it in about 20 minutes, and that you ought, and that you ought to be able to get to it on transit. And it had a very high 
goal for the use of transit for those who are coming downtown, most of which have been achieved. But the big idea, I think, the thing that really changed it from previous ideas of the downtown of the city was that the office growth that we knew north of Market ought to be encouraged to move to the south. And so if, if you know the history of San Francisco, you know at some points the Market Street was has been referred to as the gap with the idea that it was very hard to get uses like downtown across Market Street into the south of Market. But the downtown plan had some programs to encourage it. Primarily, it put the greatest heights that were allowed in the downtown right at the door of the transit terminal, Transbay Terminal, and then it took all, it had a program for taking the development rights from the north of Market and allowing those to be sold to development to the south of Market as further in economic incentive to get development to move south of Market Street. And just for reference, this is the Transbay Terminal in its current location. Here's first street and here's Market Street, but you can see that the city had put its greatest heights right at the door between the, 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 the traditional downtown and the Transbay Terminal. And so we ended up with this kind of a height limit uh, or a height of form, and the red lines uh, are sort of surprising to some folks now, but those are the, that's the old freeway system that we now have removed. But that's kind of what we ended up with as a downtown plan evolved. Here's a view of it from the new Rincon Hill, one Rincon Hill Tower. Uh, you can see the downtown from the south. The transit center is just here. And then the downtown is, is uh, to the north of that. So just kind of remind us what we're working with when we talk about this new form that we want to try to encourage in Transbay. Here's a view, sort of, I think, the postcard view of San Francisco from Yerba Buena Island. Um, it's, a, it's a couple years old. We should update the slide, but it's uh, essentially the skyline that we have today. A view here from Petrero Hill, uh, where the skyline is, again, a mound, a very carefully thought of mound of buildings, a sort of a second hill, if you will, in the city. Uh, and a view from Dolores Park, where it's not quite so deliberately a mound. So the downtown plan couldn't, couldn't um, envision a couple things, I think. First off, it, could, it didn't know about the Loma Prieta earthquake, certainly, that happened just five years, four years after the plan was adopted. And as we all know, that resulted in the removal of those, the freeways that you see in the slide. The other thing it couldn't imagine was that the city and the TJPA and the region was in fact going to come up with such a, uh, a wonderful transit center that some have referred to as uh, the central, um, central station of the West Coast. And those two things weren't envisioned quite uh, as they are today. What, one of the things that came from, from the, the earthquake, of course, was the removal of the freeway, as we said. And what happened were two things. One, we found ourselves with lots of vacant land, if you will, which is in surface parking. And the other thing was that Rincon Hill, if you know it, was suddenly freed from this girdle of freeways that had lined it and sort of separated it from the city and always made it an unattractive place uh, and uh, separate from the city. So after the freeway or while the freeway was being demolished and afterwards, the city set out to think about what to do with those lands south of the transit center in Transbay and in Rincon Hill and came up with uh, two neighborhood plans. Bob showed you the plan for the Transbay district 
residential towers very well spaced along Folsom Avenue. And then the planning department did a counterpart to that, or, uh, which is the Rincon Hill plan. Uh, and they both look like this now in terms of their development proposals. Bob showed you this uh, image from the Trans Bay, residential development along Folsom Street, and then coming up uh, towards the transit center, and then the development that the planning department has uh, encouraged on Rincon Hill. Both of them have similar concern for the quality of the streets that are developed. There's a lot of traffic calming. There's a lot of reclaiming of, of sort of excess uh, street capacity, a lot of attention to parks and sort of the quality of what it's like to be there, and then well-spaced uh, higher towers uh, uh, as well. And one of the other things we looked at as we were bringing these two plans together was what kind of skyline would we be creating? Because, of course, talking about high-density residential development would introduce new skyline elements to the city. And what did it look like? Because we have a very stunning skyline, and we, we think that's a very important thing to have for the city. And this shows you the, the simulation of the current skyline uh, here with the development of Transbay uh, here, and then the Rincon Hill neighborhoods here. And you may be seeing, and I'll show you a picture of it in just a minute, the taller building just at the bridge that's under construction now and just been topped off. But that was the skyline that we came out with once we decided to adopt those two plans. And we were trying to do a couple of things. One, we were trying, of course, to be respectful of the downtown mound here, and then to do very widely spaced towers to the south so that we could still see the hills and still at the same time develop a good unified uh, skyline. But at that time, we were just talking about a transit tower. We didn't really have much uh, to go on, but we knew that somewhere in, in the middle of the old skyline and the new skyline, we thought there needed to be some accent, something higher uh, there. And I'll talk about that in just a bit. Here's an image of the two neighborhoods together from the south, an aerial view. You can see the Rincon Hill development here, and then the towers for uh, the Transbay residential portions here. And at that time, an artist's rendering of what they thought the transit tower might look like. And if you go out there today, here's, the, here's one Rincon that's just been topped off, uh, the first of the towers that are being built in Rincon Hill, but there'll be others joining it uh, soon. So the question became what to do about all of this energy that we were seeing from the TJPA and the, and the, the, the good vibes we were getting from the uh, design competition. And so the mayor convened about a year and a half ago, convened a study group to see if the, if the, if the city's plans for the area around the transit center were doing all it could to encourage um, the, the, the development and sort of making sure that we had very good transitory and development when the, when the terminal and the tower came on. And the panel found that, in fact, the city could do more and recommended that the city increase the density of development at the front door of the, of the transit center, primarily by allowing three towers to rise to greater heights above the skyline um, than would be currently permitted, and recommended that the tower, transit tower be the tallest tower on the skyline, that it should be perhaps a 1,000 or maybe even a uh, a greater height than that. Um, but while everybody sort of, we're all talking about skylines and towers today, or at least I am, 
the, the panel was also very concerned about the quality of the ground plane, that of the public spaces would be created. And so while we had our eyes on the, on the sky, if you will, we had our feet very per firmly planted in the ground and the concern about the kind of public realm that we were going to be building. And we wanted to make sure that it was second to none in that uh, the public realm, enlivened by the development around it and spilling out from it, ought to be the district's greatest gift to the city. Uh, just like Union Square was 100 years ago for the retail district, as Yerba Buena Garden is for the YBC development. And uh, um, when, you, when, you, when you cast your eyes around the world, you think of other great instances. Uh, uh, one that comes to mind is New York City's Rockefeller Center. But that, that ought to be the most important thing that we strive for. Um, so we looked at a couple of things. One, what kind of use, land use that were we talking about? Were we taking full advantage of the regional rail, rail facility that Bob described? Were we getting all of the benefits from the development that that would uh, create and that would be uh, created by it? And then were we leveraging enough of, for the major development for growth and public open space? And so the decision was that we needed to concentrate growth around the transit center. And we go through some ideas that we, you know, something, the, the things we looked at to kind of arrive at that decision. First off, we wanted to keep, we wanted to remember the, the good placemaking of, of all of uh, the plans we currently have in place, and we want not to abandon those, but the concern about sunlight to streets and the quality of streets and all of that certainly ought not to be forgotten, that we need to continue to worry about the form of the city. Um, and so we, we looked at the opportunity sites around, the, the other thing we looked at was the opportunity sites around the, the transit uh, center, which is here, shown in pink. And we just took a first step at identifying development sites, or what we thought to be develop, likely development sites. And they're shown in red here. The buildings in blue are buildings that are already approved or are approved by plans. But the red buildings showed where we thought there could be additional growth. And then we looked at the skyline issues as well. And, and, and we talked about the downtown mound. And we talked about how we've developed the, the new skyline for Transban Rincon. And then we wanted to see if, to explore this idea about, you know, sort of really anchoring this, this down, new downtown with the height. Um, and just so happens that the, that the height that seemed to make sense to us was right at the transit tower. And so what you see on your screen after a, a, a lot of sort of analysis and computer, um, computer renderings was what our proposal was and the, what the planning department is now going to start seeing if it makes uh, more uh, sense to do. Uh, uh, a tall building which represents the transit tower and then the study recommended that a couple other buildings around the transit tower rise up above the downtown mound to mark that, uh, that, that new center of downtown. And so that, that was the proposed new skyline that came out of that study. And it would look like something like this if we looked at the, the development sites that are around the, the uh, site. This is the, this is the development. This is a current, currently allowed development. And the, the red shows some ideas of maybe increasing the development potential on some of the sites around the Transbay Terminal. So, but you know, that all can't happen unless the planning department uh, uh, changes the current rules and they will need to be revised for the vision we've seen, at least for the transit tower and the, and the ideas that I've talked about. And so we're now refining those ideas 
uh, for the area into an actual set of proposals and eventually into new zoning controls. And ultimately, these new controls will decide what is built in Trans Bay, including the transit tower. And through a series of public workshops and public hearings over the next six months or so, the department will determine the proper height and bulk of the buildings that we talked about. And, other, and uh, concurrently, we're conducting an environmental review. Uh, and then the department will move forward with proposed controls and adoption of controls with the, through the planning commission and the board of supervisors. And only after those controls are adopted, as we say, will the vision that we talked about today be able to move forward. So our objectives, just quickly a few more slides. We want to do environmentally responsible land use. That is, we want to capitalize on the transit investment that Bob talked about. We want to build on our current ideas for how to, how to build in downtown. And we want to generate some revenues both for the transit center and for the development of the public land. We're going to develop a policy plan that will incorporate, will incorporate into the general plan. We're going to revise the zoning code and the zoning map. And then we're going to develop an implementation and, implementation and funding program. Quickly, the schedule we're working on is we're going to start public processes, uh, public discussions in the next month. They'll go on for six months or so. Uh, we expect to have our recommendations in the early part of next year, and then we'll continue the environmental analysis. And if all goes to plan, we'll adopt the environmental plan, then we can adopt the controls um, sometime at the end of 2008. Um, I think I'll skip this stuff. The key issues, as we say, we're, talk we're going to talk about is land use. Uh, growth, jobs, population, the, the, the skyline, downtown tower prototypes, because we don't know how to build. We don't have controls yet for buildings of this height. Uh, spacing, shadows, wind, uh, what the ground plane looks like, and where, what the resources, historic resources are and how we should respond to them. Sustainability, as Bob said, is, of course, a big issue that we will want to address. And then transit capacity and circulation. We are... We'll come up with a public realm plan so that we make sure we get the kinds of streets that we want. And then, as we say, we'll come up with an economic and public benefits package. So that's the end of my presentation. Um, I guess we'll turn it back over to Hanson here. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what a magnificent uh, presentation by these two gentlemen. Uh, I think they deserve a, a well-deserved uh, good hand from us. Thank you. Uh, right now, we still have about a few minutes uh, in our uh, presentation. If anybody have questions or anybody want to ask questions related to, uh, to the, uh, the whole project, uh, you can step up to this one mic microphone here. And there's one in the back, I think. I think that one was disappeared uh, over there. So uh, if you have any questions, uh, please, uh, uh, we can take some few questions now. Thank you. Well, uh, I didn't, okay. You want to have some questions? Right. Yeah. I'm just wondering uh, what uh, is being considered to connect uh, BART to the Trans Bay Terminal. What kind of connection? 
Thank you. Um, yeah, we're looking at a, a pedestrian, underground pedestrian tunnel, um, similar to what you've seen in many airports or I think are very common in, in uh, for instance, Ontario, I believe, has a, a, a wide network of underground uh, connectors. So we're look, right now we have an environmental clearance within our program to build one along Fremont Street to the Embarcadero Station. Uh, and we want to look at the opportunities of both Beale Street and First Street, First Street going to Montgomery Station. Um, but we're to, to move into those other areas, we're going to need to do a supplemental to environmental. But it would just be a, a, a pedestrian walkway with some movable uh, uh, escalator-type floors. And we want to looking at potentially some small retail and stuff just to keep uh, an active element in the tunnel so that it become, doesn't become a neglected space or, or uh, a very stale space. I, I would just add to that that, the, uh, you know, our plan that we're going to do is that we're, we'll develop is going to try to in fact, entice people up onto the surface and make them want to walk on the ground to make that experience so wonderful that people will certainly want to do that. But uh, so I'll just sort of say that. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll try to make the street shape so wonderful that you'll come up and make your connections that way. Is there any more questions? If not, uh, once again, I uh, appreciate uh, Bob and David did such a wonderful presentation. Thank you. Thank you.